The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yep, it's Indiana Jones and the latest instalment is out this week. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Screen Time presenter John Fardy has seen it. He joins me now. John, how long is this franchise in operation? Oh, since the early 80s. A long time. And it's beloved, you know. There was three movies uh, up to The Last Crusade. Sean Connery was in it. Then they did one about 10 years ago, The Crystal Skull, which was awful. Any movie that ends with you saying it was good until the aliens showed up. So there was a lot of talk about whether this should or should not be made. Harrison Ford is now clocking in at the ever youthful age of 80. So, and, you know, would have been in his late 70s filming this. But I'm delighted to tell you, Anton, I was strangely comforted and pleased by this. Uh, It's kind of delightful. Now, Harrison Ford is, just observing him in his natural environment, a tremendously well-preserved 80. But Indiana Jones has long been an action role. Does he have to run about and jump over things? He has to do a bit of that. Maybe I should tell you a small bit about what it's about. It starts in the 40s with a slightly unsuccessful de-aged Harrison Ford. I'm just not into that dead-eyed look that you get when you do this. And there's a bit of swashbuckling on a train, which looks good, but the the whole de-aging thing just put me off a bit. And there are Nazis, as there always is. And long story short, they find something that belonged to Archimedes, and he has this contraption that he is half of. Fast forward to 1969, the Nazis are back. Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones, kind of washed up, a bit regretful about his life, We meet him on the last day. He's going to retire from university where he's been lecturing about archaeology. His goddaughter, played brilliantly by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, shows up. And basically they go in pursuit of the other half of this dial, which may be able to do all sorts of strange things. Also looking for this dial is Mads Mikkelsen, who is a great Nazi villain. And it takes place in the late 60s. It's right around the time of, of... you know, the 60s reaching their peak and Harrison Ford goes down a subway on a horse and other strange things like that. And then the action goes to Tangiers and it becomes this swashbuckling Indiana Jones thing that we all fell in love with, with Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I went in with really expect low expectations, to be honest, because rumours from Cannes where it was on about six weeks ago weren't great but I was really pleasantly surprised by this a kind of warm bath of nostalgia but with enough modern nuance largely in the form of Phoebe Waller-Bridge to make this a very pleasing summer blockbuster. You mentioned it's that he's dealing with the Nazis my understanding was the Nazis had peaked quite a while before 1965. Yes, indeed, they had. Thankfully, Manny would hopefully say. But you see, the Nazis have always kind of been his, you know, go-to villain. And as a result, 
they've carried on with something in secret. So some of them were still around. They hadn't gone away, you know. So they're still at, you can't have a you can't have an Indiana Jones movie without the presence of some kind of evil Nazi. That may be an oxymoron to call it an evil Nazi, but you know what I mean. So Nazis were always going to feature in this one, and they successfully bring it up to the sixties. And Mads Mikkelsen is just he's so evil. Uh, he was brilliant in James Bond. He's he's cartoonish evil, which is what you want from an Indiana Jones. I mean, the story makes no sense. And even your, what are the Nazis doing here? It's 1969. But that's not why you're sitting in to watch one of these movies. You're sitting in to, you know, enjoy the swashbuckling nature of it. And, you know, Spielberg, who doesn't, who doesn't uh, direct this, he, he, he executive produces on this, but he always wanted Indiana Jones to be reminiscent of those TV shows, those serial TV shows that he grew up with, that he used to watch every Friday night. And this has that in spades. So as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted by it, despite the, you know, some of the, not inaccuracies, but some of the daftness of the storytelling. It gets by by sheer force of Indiana Jones personality. Now, remind me of the basic premise of Indiana Jones. He is a university archaeology lecturer who sometimes gets involved in highly violent action archaeology. Isn't that essentially it? Yes, that's a very good way of putting it. He's an archaeologist who will travel and is always enthralled to some kind of thing, you know, and they're often quite mythical things like the Ark and then there was the Temple of Doom and he's always in search of something that bad people are also in search of. Often Nazis, it's count how many times I say Nazis in this, but they're, they're ever present and he's always going to rescue one of these two things. The third movie uh, the where Sean Connery showed up as his dad was brilliant and the fourth one as i say lost it and this is such a pleasing return to those so i now some you know indiana jones aficionado swear by the fourth one and think it was wonderful and where the franchise should have gone but but a, a lot of people were really down on that one and rightly so so yes he's an archaeologist who gets into kind of violent missions and they're wonderful and you know raiders of the lost ark the original one has some of the best action sequences ever committed to screen. It really does. It's one of the greatest, you know, I say popcorn movies, that's probably doing it to the service. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. And this is a, this is a pleasing legacy of it, I have to you say. You mentioned um, Sean Connery playing, playing his father. Am I right in saying that the, the age gap between them is relatively small? It can't be much more than a decade, is it, between Connery no. and Ford? Yeah, now Sean Connery subsequently passed away, obviously, but he, uh, no, it wasn't at all. It was, and I mean, at the time, there was all sorts of jokes about it. But you see, Harrison Ford aged brilliantly and and, and still is continuing to do so, it has to be said, uh, because he doesn't look, I mean, he's playing a 70-year-old, but he could probably get by as a, a 60-year-old in this, even though he does the world-weary thing. That's another thing in this, what I liked about it. This is Indiana Jones having taken a lot of slaps and having a load of of regret about things that have happened in his life and where he ends up. And we see him in this lecture hall talking to kids who who really don't care two hoots about what he's talking about. And you get the impression he doesn't care that much anymore and he just wants to take a paycheck. But he, he gets back. And, you know, I know you're a big fan of whips. He returns with the whips and there's plenty of whipping in this. And his trademark hat is there as well. And, you know, there was some fear. Steven Spielberg is the master of this. James Mangold, who gave us movies like 
Copland and Logan, who's on this week's screen time, might I say. There was concern about him, you know, taking over the keys to the house. But I think he was such a fan of Indiana Jones that he knew exactly what to do with it and to how to make it work in this age. And he mentioned to me in an interview I did with him earlier in the week that, you know, he had to figure out a way to make Harrison Ford's age not be a thing that they were trying to hide, but to turn it into one of the bonuses of it, uh, that they weren't trying to present him as this 40-year-old action hero, that he was a action hero of sorts. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge does a lot of the kind of heavy lifting with, with some of the stunts that he's probably not fit for anymore but he, he still has plenty of them and as I say she's a revelation she's absolutely brilliant she's like a younger version of him You mentioned my interest in, in whips John I became slightly fixated <laughs> can I can I give you a, a whip factoid? Please do I was killing time until we got there First man-made object to break the sound barrier Wow, wow. Uh, that, uh, that, 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 that's a good one yeah I'll, I'll, that'll be at my next movie dinner party which I host regularly you know Tell me more about the director the pressures on him following Steven Spielberg and taking over mm. a Steven Spielberg franchise I would imagine in the world of directing that's about as tough as it gets yeah, no, it's pretty hard. Now he's he's got a lot of game. He he was in uh, three or he directed uh, three ten to Yuma, uh, Logan, Copland. I mean, he, Girl Interrupted. He's Oscar nominated, but it's huge pressure. One of the most successful franchises in the world. But I'm sorry to keep name dropping. Bono told me never to do it. But when he said to me in the interview, when I asked him about that, he said, "You know, I was surrounded by Harrison Ford." Uh, Steven Spielberg was an executive producer. John Williams did the music. So when you have those people in your ear, it's easy enough not to crash the car. And sorry to turn this into an ad for screen time, but a very interesting thing happened in the interview where he also, the first movie he ever wrote was a movie called Oliver and Company about these dogs in New York. He was only 22. And as I've told you before, I claimed to be Ireland's biggest Billy Joel fan. But Billy Joel voices the dog in that, or one of the dogs. And I asked him about that. And someone from the film company put it in and said, sorry, we have to wrap now. And he got kind of cheesed off and said, let him answer. Let me ask that question. Let him answer, which was delightful. So I got an extra minute talking about Billy Joel playing a dog. So there you go. Final thing, John, give us um, your prediction on A, the franchise. Is this definitely the last of them? And B, what next for Harrison Ford? Yeah, well, Harrison Ford is currently in a great Western 1923 and also a brilliant Apple TV series called Shrinking. And he's committed to continue making more where he plays a cranky cognitive therapist. So he's going to be Clint Eastwood. He, he's going to keep going. And, and, and the key is, and I wish, you know, God bless him, Sylvester Stallone would take a lesson out of this man's playbook. He's not trying to be anything other than he is, you know, he, he's he's happy to embrace how old he is and how, you know, seemingly physically he's depleted, even though he's still, you know, he's still very much in the game. So I, I think he's going to keep going. He is never going to be in another Indiana Jones movie like he has said that. And I don't think he should be. The only and it's not necessarily troubling thing is I could see them putting it to Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which she consider doing something in a spin-off that I don't think will be the worst thing in the world. Or I certainly think they might be thinking that way. But I think this is going to go gangbusters. I think it's a very pleasing movie. It was very expensive, so they're putting a lot behind it. But I but I think it's going to I think it's going to do well this summer. 
John, thank you very much. That is John Farley, host of Screen Time. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.